Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello there and welcome to the show. It's brought to you in association with Levi Solicitors. They are a solicitors firm based out of Leeds, but can serve you across the country thanks to their handy website, which is located on the internet at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. You don't need the square ball bit. Why why would you say that? Because you want a discount. I'm saying if if, if you don't want the discount, don't bother with that. If you do want the discount. Use that. Use that. Hang on a second. What discount? 10% discount. Wow. Across all the legal services they do. 10% discount on your legal fees. Probably important to say that. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what do you think people might understand that as? I, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Ask them. Fine. But yeah, you, you know about them, don't you? Well, what if we've got a new viewer or a new listener who doesn't know about them? What sort of services could they look for? Wills, probate, conveyancing, and other legal services. For you and for your business. Correct. Great stuff. Thanks, Michael. Just say that internet web address again for me levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash square ball yes there you go on with the show our weekly roundup Rob's here as well and uh, we are recording on Thursday lunchtime again it's the it's that weird zone of feeling like we've not really left the place because we were in till <laughs> late last night and I was going to say it's not that there's no new news happened the only thing I think that's happened since the game on Wednesday against Norwich is that we've got injuries and it's heightening the sense of panic around the tumbleweed that we're hearing with regards to incomings for the final week of the transfer window. Are we keeping a cool head in the final week of the transfer window? (laughs) Wouldn't be very Leeds United to do that, would it? It's it's a weird one listening to Farker. He's saying all the things that we basically always hear in January, that it's difficult to sign players and the good players are played and their clubs don't want to sell them. Would Would you describe it as unbelievable hard? Unbelievable hard, yeah, exactly. And I think... It's frustrating to hear those things because it's kind of true in a lot of cases and it's fair enough. But then at the same time, he is, I won't say dropping hints, he's just been quite honest in saying, well, we've lost Spence and Aylin, so we're two players short. And then Cresswell has kind of ruled himself out almost. And that's three players short. And Farkas saying, you'd have to look deeply at our squad to understand where we need strengthening. So I don't know. I don't know where he might be talking about, do you? Sign a right back. Is that what we've evolved to now? Sign a right back, sign a left back. I think I'm comfortable with either actually at this stage because Sam Byram can sort of do both, can't he? So we can we can pretend he's a right back or a left back, depending on our purposes, and we can also as stretch sign a midfielder so Archie can then be a proper right back. Yes, if his knee's okay, that is. That is true. Mm, he's young though, and he'll be fine. I actually just wanted to mention about the injury situation. So Archie's he's pulled his knee a bit. 
Hopefully nothing too serious, as Farker said on uh, on Wednesday. Dan James, the older doctors. Mm. Can you shed some light? I mean, we we explained. I think it's one of the recent shows what the adductor is, which is one of the muscles that goes between the it's the, around the, the the leg bone and the tummy bone. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. What are you googling? There, no, 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 no <laughs> it's some, some, just checking my emails. Um, <laughs> just while we're ta- while we're talking. As um, as an aside, yeah, the adductors. As I explained the other week, they're a group of muscles that go from the pelvic bone down to the inner thigh and also the knee. Could we do without them if we get Rob Price, the old butcher of Beeston, to go in there? take the adductors out of everyone then they can't be strained mm. yes although I think no adductors is, you'd probably just be a, like a jellyfish what if we left one adductor in minimise the risk by 50% risk do we know how many they've each got I, I'm guessing at two but I mean you're the expert yeah it varies person to person because you can survive like with one kidney or one lung mm. I'm saying one adductor for our, each of our footballers rather than two okay cut that risk Okay, well, if it's a grade one, you're looking at just a mild strain with a slight pull or tiny tearing. There's no loss of strength in the muscle and tendon of the correct length. But if you're grade two, it's more, it's more of like a moderate strain where the tearing of fibres within the body of um, the muscle or the tendon, it, the, the muscle or tendon are actually longer, it says, and there's a loss of, it's, I mean, I know, and there's a loss of strength. Is that Does that match up with your experience? Yeah, grade three, though, is a, a full tear, um, but they're rare. Is this how we're doing the play ratings at the end of the season? <laughs> the grade of a adductor strength. <laughs> the adductor scale. But you know, I mean, like, back, you know, being serious about it, pain in the ass, getting injuries in it, but they're always going to bite at some point. We've, I think we've been pretty lucky so far. Or is it luck or is it by design, the way that they've managed the minutes of the players and uh, the loads and all that? Because one of the things I've been really impressed with with Farker, you know, the season's had its ups and downs, hasn't it? But he's, he's always stressed that it is a long road, there's a long way to go. And it's a slog and you have to be careful and allow your players to supposed to have that rest and recovery to, Unless to deal with the load of the season. It's Ethan Ampadu. I was going to say, if you're in the team, you sort of stay in the team, don't you? It was a bit like that with Bielsa where it was like, it's a hard team to get into, but once you're in it, you've got the backing of him. Mm. Um, but it was kind of predictable that we got a few injuries last night because I think it was his pre-match press conference. Fark was saying how much good luck we've had with injuries recently. <laughs> now it was on the really Strauch and Dallas that were out and you thought, yeah, we know what happens next. So. so go on then, put together your wish list for the last week of the window. So, because we'll be rounding it up, we'll be this time next week. Let's have a look at the calendar. First of Feb, I think the actual, the deadline is the first of February. Are we going realistic or are we going, get the Argos catalogue, say you want a Mega Drive, a SNES, yeah. you know, a TV. Are we doing all that or is it just like realistically, you, you get to pick one one big present. Do both. I want to scale electric at left back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd still probably say a left back if I could choose a position. Right. If we could be picky, left back. Do you want to make Junior unhappy? Left back is number it, is ten. The, junior, junior is the happiest he's ever been, and I think you want him to now be unhappy. No, I don't. He can stay. He stays in the team, as far as I'm concerned. Even if we sign someone new, he stays in the team at the moment. So you want a striker then as well? Yeah. Okay. Just <laughs> want oh, a bit really? of everything. Well, I, mi- I missed that when I was thinking about Junior Furpo. Well, we don't play Piro as a striker, and we've looked better with Bamford in the team. And Bamford doing that sort of stuff has been good, but we know he gets injured a lot. So, right. you know. But then, surely, because you've got Piro, you could then put him back in. Ah, but does we, he do we, the paid, same? we paid north of 10 million quid. We've for not him, really seen enough of him in that position, have we, to know if he can do the same stuff? Because well, you, you could put him in, him in there, and I dare say Farker might mix him and Jorginho around again. Who knows? Mm. Yeah, maybe. Let's sign some fullbacks. That's yeah. the thing that's been staring us in the face for about 10 years. Mm. What, what about. That. The centre back position as well. 
you think maybe Sam Byram's an option there? I was thinking because you've got Creswell who's either he's on his way out or effectively a wall at the minute out of contention. Hmm. Well, we've, uh, got, we've got Cooper and Strouk. Me, Coops. And Ampadu has been really good at centre-back. He's, I mean, arguably that's our best centre-back pairing. I would say is is Rodon and Ampadu from what we've seen of them. But then it, there's, there's a question. There's the question of midfield, isn't there? That if you're then playing Ampadu in the back four mm. and Archie's injured, you've got two midfielders left. Yeah, because we've got, we've gone from a situation where we've got this embarrassment of riches in midfield to they're all playing and one of them's now injured. But you've got Jamie Shack who can go right back or I think you, I think that's why buying another fullback just gives you the options because it means you can Archie becomes definitely a midfielder and. Then Jamie Shackleton is kind of cover for both, and I don't know. There's there are options there. He just yeah. it feels like we are in just a, just about in danger of being completely mm-hmm. overstretched. But then it, it's kind of all fine at the moment. Cresswell's really like fucked it basically because he's given Ampadu a chance to play centre back, and he's essentially pushed himself further down the pecking order. It's mm-hmm. Like, well, you thought you were fourth choice centre back, and you weren't happy with that. <laughs> now it turns out you're fifth choice, and kind of on merit as well. Yeah, you wonder what exactly what's happened there. Because I dare say the uh, the family Creswell wasn't that pleased about Farker going public with it. Because that te- that does tend to suggest a burning of bridges, doesn't it? Mm. I don't think not Michael Bridges. Farker didn't seem pleased about you know the timing of Farker kind of digging Cresswell out a little bit was coincided with Father Cresswell's Instagram post. But it just feels like Charlie's kind of not learned his lesson from last season a little bit. Like he went on loan to Millwall and. This time last year, we everyone's a bit like, oh, do we recall him? Do we sell him? Because he's not really mm-hmm. getting a game at Millwall. Then he, you know, he kept his head down, got into the team, and played really well. And then it was he was in the team until the end of the season when uh, he was injured, wasn't he? And it's like if he'd just kept that patience this season, he would have been playing now because Strauch and Cooper are injured, and mm-hmm. it would have been his chance. And instead, all that's happened is Ampadu's got a chance there. Instead, Gruev sort of took his chance in midfield, and now you look at him going. You want to just go play football somewhere well, else? We have said, haven't we, before that um, he carries himself with the demeanour of like a middle-aged man. He's got that sort of confidence despite his uh, <laughs> despite his youth. And you wonder if he's just gone into Farker's office. Got his feet up on the table. Oh yeah. All right, Dan. Uh, are you playing me or what? <laughs> I mean, that kind of is what happened, isn't it? Because yeah. Farker was saying he thinks he should be in the first two centre-halves. And he's like, well, bloody hell, you've got Wales International Joe Road on ahead of you. He's been mm. playing really well. Got Pascal Stroke, who's got however many games under his belt and has you know, been in a Holland squad at least. What were you expecting this season, Charlie? Mm-hmm. I think the fact Cooper maybe got a chance ahead of him at certain occasions has frustrated him, but train better, be better. Mm. Mm. There is yeah. obviously a younger Cresswell as well, isn't there? Is Alfie. It? Alfie in the under-18s. Right. Is he? Do we need to keep the whole family sweet? <laughs> right. Just keep him? I don't know. It's like the Greys, you, you need to look down the generations a little bit and be yeah, like, well, talking about the families. <laughs> The, gra- the Greys and the Creswells. Exactly. Other stuff then, a young player who seems to be uh, tied, to, well not seems to be tied to the club, but in terms of playing it the right way, taking the minutes where they're available, Matteo Joseph, new deal, 2028. What do you reckon to that? We've not really seen that much of him, but he seems to have come into this season with his reputation enhanced a little bit. I don't know. Is that yeah. fair? Yeah, and he's, he seems to be an option from the bench, admittedly, one that we're chucking on late in games at the to moment. To kick people and get booked. To kind of win some stuff in the air and make himself a bit of a nuisance. But I like what I've seen of him when I've not seen him play for the first team, if you know what I mean, because he's not had a proper chance, has what, he? What does he do? He's, he seems quite a traditional striker in a lot of ways. Yeah, he does a bit of everything. I think that's what's impressed me when he's played for the under-21s is that he's kind of involved in everything. Like, presses really well and gets stuck in, scores lots of goals, sets up goals, kind of links play well. And... 
you saw that with players like Somerville and Gellhart, where they were just, whenever Leeds played well, the under-21s, they were involved in everything, mm-hmm. whether it was with the ball or without the ball, to quote Hecky. And that's why I always had a bit of a caution with players like JB, because they always look good, but then they'd really drift out of games at that level. Sometimes I just make daft mistakes, whereas Joseph and Somerville were just always class. And you see kind of their, well, Somerville's development anyway is kind of carried on that way. So hopefully Joseph, he just needs to stay patient and we'll do similar. I think he's one of those players that if we go up, I kind of suspect he'll have a year on loan. But if we don't, he'll probably be a key part of next season. Yeah. And we said before, like about the Premier League, if you get, you know, we need to get back there first, as always. But um, it's quite an old league. Very few young players tend to make the breakthrough, which is why seeing what's happened to Archie Gray is quite interesting, I think, from a, a Leeds perspective. is that I know there's more chances, um, there are more chances for younger players in the EFL for budgetary reasons or whatever it might be. But uh, when you get into the Premier League, it tends to be the tried, uh, the tried and tested ones, doesn't it? Who, who play? But I, I could see Archie making the step up immediately on the basis of what we've seen this season. Yeah, I think Archie's a bit of an exception to a lot of yeah. things. He's extraordinarily good, and the level of composure he has for someone of that age is ridiculous. And I mean, looking back, was Archie Gray that much worse a year ago that he couldn't have played instead of Rasmus Christensen at fullback? Because I would definitely have preferred to see it. Mm. Would Jesse though? No, he wasn't all in. <laughs> Probably. Lewis Bates, in terms of young midfielders, has gone to MK Dons on loan. It feels like his race is pretty much run here and that one's done. Yeah, I mean, the fact he's dropped to division further than he was last season. He was on loan at Oxford last season in League One. And by all accounts, did well. I think it was Carl Robinson there who was mm. bigging him up as one of the best players he's worked with. But then to then drop down to League Two a year later, six months later. So, and I think he's out of contract at the end of the year, yeah. isn't he? So, yeah, he is. After, I, I, yeah, check back. We signed him on a three-year deal and that's right. come around pretty quickly, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah it, it sort of all points towards and I don't want to you know, do him, do him dirty because I've not really seen enough of him to form that much of an opinion but he's he's got the kind of maybe Alex Mowat type level is his ceiling. I don't know. It float, maybe, around, yeah. float around League One maybe, Championship. Yeah, maybe has to go down a bit, play, work your way back home, yeah. play a full season or two somewhere and, and work his way back because he seemed always like quite a composed and tidy footballer. But I don't know. He's always been. He's quite little, isn't he? Yeah. But, you know, lots of lots of midfielders are small. It's um. But yeah, it's, it's not going to work from here, is it? I was going to say it feels like dropping down a division sort of works against him because he doesn't have that physicality. I remember mm. someone telling me that when he first joined Leeds, Bielsa sort of saw him as the Phillips replacement. He just needed to bulk up, which could take years. But I don't think Leeds has been a great place necessarily for some of these emerging players because. A lot of them might have signed under Bielsa and playing a certain way and then managers have changed and then they've constantly changed and then some loan moves maybe haven't worked out and you eventually get to the point where it's like, you've just got to be a footballer somewhere mm-hmm. else. Yeah, I did, I did because he did make his debut for MK Dons and I did check in and I noticed, I sort of was aware he was still playing but seeing Dean Lewington in their team, <laughs> just still jarring. Yeah. The man's, he's my age. Right. And he's just been at MK Dons forever. Like we were, we were playing against him in League One. It just feels like he should have moved on by now. He's not in the under-21s. God, for God's sake, retire. <laughs> um, just a couple of things to touch on there. You mentioned Calvin. He's off to West Ham, isn't he? On mm. loan from Man City. Good luck, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Does he know it's in London? Yeah. I don't know. Does he... I don't know if there's an obligation or anything in that in that, but I'm convinced that if we go back up, he'll end up back here on loan. Uh, it, it feels like... And that's not necessarily from a Leeds footballing perspective or whether the finances would work just strikes me as a bit of a home bird, which is exactly what you, you're sort of touching on there. Like, does he know it's London? Mm. Not Leeds, is it? I mean, he might. He could um, 
fully fully Kevin Nichols it just say he's not happy anywhere else he got a move and then was like nah, I don't actually like it I yeah. just want to go home it's funny how I was like really up for him to go to Italy or somewhere like that and he's gone to London I'm like London <laughs> <laughs> well he's going to hate that obviously <laughs> talking about change at the club as well there Rob Scott Gardner is now the 21s coach he was um, promoted on an interim basis wasn't he from within the club he's now got the, the 21s gig with Stuart Downing joining him as a coach is that, one of, is that one of his first career coaching jobs I think is it it was said I think so I'm not too sure it feels a little bit like a football manager save where you mm. sort of stick an advert out for a reserve team manager and you just get a load of former footballers and it's like which one do I like the most I'm going to hire them <laughs> on my recent save I had is Michael that, is Doyle as under yeah. 18 manager yeah. <laughs> people I like and I was really peeved off because he left to get a manager's job somewhere else but you know he's fine <laughs> It's amazing. I wonder how much of that bias actually goes into the real football world. Like you, don't well, like. I mean, you. It, it definitely helps with people getting jobs, doesn't it? Look at when Rooney and Frank Lampard. I was going to say, on my football manager, say if Lampard applied to be like under twenty ones manager, it's like you can fuck off. Mate. <laughs> You're not getting the job. Have the twenty ones played again? By the way, because that there was that postponement, wasn't there against? Uh... Against Luton, no, I've not played since. Yeah, it keeps getting postponed. Bit too, bit too blowy out. It's been very windy. Froze, I think it was cold, frozen pitch. I think that was cold. Was... Too cold, too windy. Mm. We need the we need the Goldilocks zone, don't we? Hey, you mentioned Rasmus before. He's been in bother, hasn't he? Um, hot on the heels of uh, Brendan Aronson's driving convictions. Um, mm. Rasmus has been uh, in bother as well. He's on his phone. He's speeding. He's not got insurance. Fucking hell. He's a fucking shambles, isn't he? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> fucking Blake clown. It, rem- it reminded me of this news that um, when he first signed for Leeds, I wrote a thing for the blog and it was him getting interviewed with Max Berber at one of the Bulls Piss franchises. And one of the questions they asked was who drives the fastest? And they both sort of look guiltily at Rasmus and he's like, I think Verber says, yeah, he drives a little riskier than me. You know, he's out of control, isn't he? I mean, it's also in that interview that he, Rasmus says he doesn't eat fruit or vegetables. So the warning signs were really there from the really? start. Yeah. You're a footballer, yeah, man. He's, a, he's an athlete there, just bragging about, no, I don't eat any of that. It's like, what an absolute shambles of a bloke he is. I mean, I don't want to fall back on Danish stereotypes, but does he just exist on bacon? Sounds pretty nice, actually. <laughs> you would, wouldn't you? <laughs> it is really good, his bacon. For a professional footballer, though. Yeah, he's not shown, from what we've seen of him, there's not much about him that strikes me as a professional footballer. I'm talking passing, positional sense. Throw-ins. Throw-ins. Yeah, any of it, really. So I suppose it's only fitting that diet comes into that as well. I mean, he's had to pay out quite a lot of money on these driving offences. Is it a grand total of about two and a half grand? Mm. Satanic fines. Mm. £666 fine. Yeah, plus a 666 surcharge. It's always linked to earnings, isn't it, I think, mm. uh, when they when they caught fines people. so I mean, it yeah. isn't, it isn't, because, you know, that's fuck all to him. Absolutely nothing at all, surely. A 600, £600 pound fine. Yeah, but I say in total £2,500. That'd make a fair dent in my bank balance. I don't know <laughs> yeah, about you. It's like a day's work for him. Yeah. It really like doesn't surprise you what happened last season. The more you read about some mm. of the people that were playing for us, where you think, you're just idiots. Like, just completely don't know what life is, do you? It does make you think as well if someone in the club, they need more like backroom staff there to be going. Right, you need something called insurance. Have you got any insurance? No, right, okay. But, but they do have like, I think they do have like almost like fixers, don't they, at professional clubs? Because these lads, particularly if they come through the academies or whatever, they've just got no real world experience. Because mm. they're not cleaning boots anymore, are they? And, you know, on 20 quid a week or whatever, the old YTS contracts were, they sign them up on massive terms and it's getting younger and younger because the academy system is becoming so important to FFP as the, you know, the farms at the big clubs show and like look at Finley Gorman going to Man City and all that kind of thing so they've got these really cosseted lives from a young age 
then you've got players who are coming from abroad and particularly ones who've got no experience in this country. So if you sign a, a player from Africa, for example, he's not necessarily going to be au okay fait with like the school system or you know how you get your shopping delivered or anything mm. like that. But the, as a consequence of that, they're getting completely nannied from well, well, not it's enough. 24-7. Not enough for Rasmus. No. He needs a full-time carer. He needs a driver. I mean, to be fair though, in light of that, it's remarkable that he's achieved what he has in his career, becoming mm. an international footballer and playing in the Champions League and playing for Roma. It's like, bloody hell, how has this happened? <laughs> like, can anyone explain this? Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. We've hastily assembled the, the TSB courtroom. Levi solicitors on hand to provide superb advice mm. for the old law. We're not going to use them here, but you can if you yeah. want. I've got my earpiece on in. Oh, okay, just, good. So they're just in my ear saying what we need to do in terms of procedure, mm-hmm. litigation, website, discount, all, okay. all that stuff. Uh, yeah, the TSB jury is about deciding, um, well, we're casting judgment on the world of football, deciding who deserves to be our Ken Bates villain of the week and who deserves to be our Gitano Berardi hero of the week. So we will uh, assemble the court first to give out the Ken Bates Award, the Villain of the Week Award. We have to pick one Villain of the Week. We can mark something down as a petty grievance. We can take some cheap shots if we like as part of this. Um, we've, I don't think we've yet used the under the bus clause which came in in recent weeks. If you just want to chuck somebody under the bus, mm-hmm. something fairly or unfairly. So I will ask each of you to step up to the, the legal bar, the legal oki, and deliver some, some truth darts, please about who you would like to nominate as the Ken Bates Villain of the Week Award. Who do you think it should be? Do you want to go, Michael? I don't know. <laughs> there are t- it's between two. You you go for one. I'll go um, for the other. I mean, I quite like the collective shout, to be fair. You're getting, sloppy, you're getting sloppy seconds there, Michael. It's fine by me. What are you used to? Um, I'll go with David Webb, the dickhead ref from the weekend. He seemed like a very obvious choice. But in a season of bad Champo refs, refereeing bad Champo games... Mm. 
he was right up there. I, think I mean, Malice said criminally incompetent, which is absolutely the right place to air these in this court, this, this courtroom. This Bo- definitely really Bo- M says if he doesn't get villain of the week, he's going to appoint Levi's list to, <laughs> to sue us for professional negligence. Very nice time. Thank you, Boniem. And also, Wedge saying, you know, it's bad when someone beats Risdale to this nomination. <laughs> so I think that's another good point. Yeah, no, yeah, fair enough. That, that feels like a yeah a fairly comprehensive case. But um, he did he, lose. He did lose his grip on that game entirely. Yeah, he? it was. Wild by the end. It was just. <laughs> Hang on a second. I've just scrolled down the page and looked at the marks out of ten scores that get sent in by our TSB Plus members. That they score everybody, including uh, there's a column for the dickhead ref, isn't there? Mm. In each uh, for each game, he's in the decimal points, isn't he? I was going to say so. Um, for Sub the, one for the Preston game. Dan James came out with man of the match. Joe Road on Joel Peru. You top three. Junior doing well, mm. climbing the charts. Right at the very bottom, beneath our. It's always the subs, isn't it? Who get the lowest marks, but. um the dickhead referee got 0.75 out of 10. Which isn't actually the lowest of the season. It's not. No, what happened in the Coventry game? I was looking at this. I think it was similar, just general incompetence. Okay. Yeah, because he got even lower somehow. Right. It's hard to imagine. Right. But well done, whoever that was. I can't remember. The dickhead ref. That's all you need to know, innit? I mean, dickhead refs did get a, a second mention last night's dickhead ref as well, Matthew Donahue. We did win the game. It didn't matter. But a couple of people nominated him for not allowing play on when Georgie was breaking. Yeah. And it's fair enough because... If he'd blown his whistle, I suppose, though. He blew it too soon. Wait. Fine. Wait. Because then we could have seen Georgie score, running from the halfway line, shooting, scoring. Taking the piss out of the keeper, who was on his way back. The keeper had just got goal side of him, but I reckon Georgie was close enough to be able to take him on and possibly take him on a few times. <laughs> yeah. Do, do the old get on his knees and head it in. Yeah. He was a kid. <laughs> do kid doing kick-ups on the line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. Sorry, what were you going to say about just about Donahue's performance? Yeah, I mean, it was... It was not that bad really overall was it it was it was only it was about par I it would say probably helped by following from the weekend and such a shit performance then mm. like, oh, there's no pressure really. so is, is, that your, is that your nominee then no god no my nominee is Ryan Lowe right who was the Preston manager I mean he was sort of responsible for the whole setup, wasn't he of them booting us every single time and then his crybaby business after the game when literally every single person you could read or listen to said yeah, it's a fairly clear-cut penalty, and he was just like, no, that doesn't get given in the Premier League. It was um, it was Ryan Ledson, wasn't it, who gave the penalty away? Because mm. he's a shout for it as well, because he was getting stuck into the referee at full time, and he was doing the whole thing of like holding his hands by his side. So, no, my hands were here, my hands are here, and you think, they weren't, though. They were completely <laughs> out. Like, what? How, how, can, how, can, how can a professional footballer claim to be engaged in the game and challenging somebody with your hands right down by your side? Or you try, try to run around like a little penguin? That's what players do now, don't it? People, like, put the... They didn't go, know they did. to block across and yeah, they put did, their arms they right took when, the when they're blocking across, but he was involved in a like a tussle for the ball with mm. um, with Joe Rodon. So he's claimed. when he was fouled, yeah, according to Ryan Lowe, but, um, who seems to have a completely different benchmark for what he considered a foul elsewhere on the pitch. Oh, as was well. he the player who was just stood behind the tussle? Either way, he was close to it. But you don't go into that like a bloody penguin. I'm not having it. Fair enough. He's not and, telling the truth. And, um, the witnesses, the witnesses discredited and just not that, reliable. Just not Ryan Lowe's face. I don't know. There's something about his demeanour and he, say, he strikes me as a man who might assault me in a pub. I mean, R- Rory says he's got a face like Tommy Robinson's less tolerant half-wit brother, so it might be that. <laughs> yeah, I don't, know. I don't know what it's about him. Just don't trust the guy. <laughs> not, saying he's, not saying he's done anything wrong. Yeah. Saying he looks like he might. Would give you, him half a chance. Would you leave him alone with your wife? Um. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be fine. I'll Careful. expand on that. Careful. <laughs> <laughs> That's two really strong candidates, isn't it? I think that those are the obvious ones. I do um, like the collective shout for just Preston as mm-hmm. a whole because it felt like they were all sort of culpable in it. 
Yeah, I mean, Reese has not, as I said, nominated him, uh, Ryan Lowe, on the basis that he likes to compare managers to tactics on football manager. And he's clearly just got it on tackle harder for every single player. And, and that was the way he'd got him set up. And saved before every match, just in case he loses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, the dickhead ref, very strong shout. The thing is, but did the, give us the penalty. And it all, and Preston as a whole, they're led by Ryan Lowe. He's told them to do to play this way. Yeah. Yeah, they were like a tick infestation, Preston. Said, uh, says Brian. And they spoiled our Christmas party, didn't they? Mm. After we beat Ipswich mm-hmm. and we were all jolly and then they, they, they pissed on our Christmas chips. Your Christmas chips? Oh, but you say you pissed on your chips, I'm sorry, but they yeah, pissed yeah. on our Christmas chips. On the roast potatoes, surely. But if, I don't know if you know, but <laughs> a chip is just a, it's a smaller roast potato cooked slightly differently. Oh, so you, what, are you going to go to the shop some some fish and roast potatoes, are you? <laughs> don't you get it all the time? <laughs> it's like, oh, it's the same, isn't it? Don't fry those, I want you to roast them. <laughs> Big, make them bigger, stick them together and... A lot, of, a lot of pubs do actually deep fry their roast potatoes and you, and you can tell. Yeah. It makes them tasty, doesn't it? But it's not a roast potato. No. It's a, it's a lie. It, it's a large chip is what yeah. you've given me. But it's fine. They're still nice. Yeah. Bacon and roast potatoes now I'm thinking about. Right. I stopped listening to you lads a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> what are you on about? When did you join us? Probably about yeah. two and a half years now. Stop there. We did also have a, a shout for Andy Hughes as well. It's worth saying. Yeah. Because he, think... he, he got booked for shouting at... Little scumbag. I think that's the very definition of a cheap shot, though. Yeah, fair enough. Andy Hughes has got a lot of credit in the bank, but we're allowed to take a cheap shot at him for that. Yeah. Um, and he, he was punished as well. He did get booked. So uh, I suppose that's been dealt with already, hasn't it, by the ref, by the dickhead ref? Um, any others you want to sort of classify as paid grievances that have come in via uh, nominations from people? I mean, Robbie Brady gets one. Uh, I kind of, kind of forgot he still existed. He's not even that old. And Robbie Brady's 32. Yeah, I had to look that up because I was going to say, oh, he's surely old enough to be like twice the age of Archie, and he's not just. Mm. But, and he was the one that pushed Archie into the, the advertising boards, apparently, which I didn't realise at the time. So that's that's fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Liam Miller, Martin, nominates this, him. I think this is not a petty grievance, is it, so much as a cheap shot? Probably, yeah. Yeah. I say, Liam Miller, for only looking good when playing against us and having a wanker's bandage and uh, flashed scum hair. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. yeah. I, I, think, I feel like the, the attacks on people's personal appearances should always be classed as cheap shots. In that case, then Pep Guardiola, the other bold fraud for breaking Calvin, uh, landing him with those bubble nonces. <laughs> Can you nonce a bubble? Discussion for another day. Think about the algorithm. Who knows? Who knows? But um, And the other ball fraud isn't me, it's Maresca. Right. Clear. Yeah. The other, the other, other. The other, other. Is there one. only two? Um, Danny Mills? Mm. Probably. Yeah, there's an interesting bell curve where he's concerned, isn't there? Is that one way of putting it? <laughs> <laughs> Well, he was Danny Mills is fucking brilliant, ironically. Then he got good, and now he just talks absolute shite. Mm. So, yeah, anyway. and a, a doctor abducts the muscles are also nominated. Yeah. And Wagner as well, actually. Kind of forgot he was there. The guy from Britain's Got Talent. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> what, a, what a modern modern reference that is. <laughs> I, was it Wagner? Who was it? Now, do you remember Stavros Flatley? Yeah. Yeah. Which was the they, the, um, the guy of Greek heritage with his son, both a bit chubby, and they did like a it was like Zorba, the Greek type dance or something yeah. like that. Yeah, they appeared at because it was when I was working at ITV. That was obviously an ITV thing. Yeah, and they were kind of an easy booking for various desperate booking things. Well, they were made themselves available, didn't they? And like probably five years after it had been a thing, they were, they appeared at something, and the young lad was. It kind of lost its charm because the young lad was like 18 yep. and trying to chat, chat to all the birds. <laughs> Came in with a full beard. <laughs> and it was a bit like, all oh, right, this is a bit strange now. Yeah. But I spoke to um, I spoke to the man from, the, your main Stavros man. 
Well, I was going to say... It was nice. It was a nice fella. I met them under exactly the same circumstances several years down the line at a Christmas light switch on. <laughs> it's <laughs> a classic booking. I think it might be the Christmas light switch on at the Metro Centre in Newcastle, something daft like that. Yeah. They'd be like, we can get Stavros Flatley. They want two grand. Yeah, do it. Just get them booked. Get them in. I'm stunned your story, Michael, does end with you joining them as the third one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and another year, it was one of them off of JLS as well. Just Yeah, it's one of them. Yeah. One of the lads off the cheap. Can we have the cheapest one? <laughs> <laughs> I imagine being the cheap. Who'd be the cheapest one out of us? Yeah, it'd probably be me. It's because of low standards. Yeah, because you do anything, like, you'd anything for twenty like, quid. Oh, we've got, we got <laughs> thirty quid. We're like, hmm, free bar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> we'll give some a bacon sandwich and some roast potatoes, <laughs> deep yeah, fried. Fine. That's all you need. Give it to Ryan Lowe. Come on. You think? Google a picture of his face and tell me you don't want him to have it. <laughs> All right, let's have a look. <laughs> Ryan. And I mean... Uh, you described it as Scouse face, didn't you? Very Scouse face. Yeah, yeah, he has, yeah. No, but, you're right. I don't know what it is about it. Yeah, you can hear his accent without him talking, mm. can't you? Is it because I think he's got a very low forehead, a very little forehead. I think I can is see, that I think, a Scouse thing? Because Stephen Gerrard's the I same. That, I yeah. think that's maybe why I, um, I associate it with, with it, yeah, because... Stephen Gerrard's definitely, he's got virtually no forehead at all, has he, Stephen Gerrard? No, it's a three head. Whereas I'm all head. <laughs> you're, you're, <laughs> you're a fully five head, aren't you? <laughs> exactly. I've just realised that he, he's on the same Frank Lampard scale as me. He's the same age as me as Ryan Lowe, which makes, makes me dislike him even more for some reason. No, fair enough. Because I'm, I'm a clown. I won't put me in charge of a, of a football team. Well, I, know, I know what goes on in this head, and it couldn't run a football team. Well, fair enough then. Yeah, so he's got no business doing it. That's what I'm saying. That's the logic that I'm applying to this. Ryan Lowe, we going with that? Yeah, that's fine by me. Yeah, good. Yeah. Right, um, let's move on to uh, the player of the year. Player of the year. Player of the... Um, start again. Let's move on to the Gitano Brady Hero of the Week Award. Whilst factoring in the uh, the scores from the recent games and how it affects our overall Player of the Year scores, is mm. what I was going to say, badly. If it was Player of the Calendar Year, then Bamford and Furpo surely would be in there because they're both... I've not gone back to check last year. I'm going to say confidently, this is the best five-game run either of them have ever had yeah. since we've started collecting scores. Some joyful redemption arcs going on. Yeah, Furpo had a bit of a blip against Peterborough, 6.18, but I think that's because he didn't have much to do, mm. probably. And six is a solid baseline score, isn't it? It's, it's fine, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's a, it was a, a previously uncharted <laughs> high for was um, 6.18 for Junior Furpo, but yeah, <laughs> both doing really well. Yeah, mentioned before the, the Preston scores, Dan James coming out on top. Uh, in terms of Norwich, are these, have these trickled in overnight then, have they? Yes. So Joe, Joe Road on top with Archie Gray just behind him in second. Ampadu Furpo there. Mm-hmm. Pat oh, good. as well. I think I'm really pleased with Grove score being 7.5 exactly. Right. That's, that's just what it should be. Did only two people send it in? They sent in a 7 and no, an 8. There are, there are lots of, there's a lot of data here and it's come out exactly 7.5. I'm like, perfect. It's right. exactly where he was. Half 7s, half 8s. Because 8s, like on the verge of really good eights you scored a goal in it seven's kind of standard and he was right between the two good that's what you want out of your midfield it's where he needs to be a solid 7.5 player of the year then Somerville still out in front of 7.23 Rodon mm-hmm. now on his coattail 7.16 average out of 10 Ampadu and Dan James on 7.13 um, it's getting with, quite tight and George has crept over 7 um, Chris Clarkson's still there <laughs> yeah he's still still there in the, <laughs> the dream still alive aiming for the European spots <laughs> Right then, so we'll feed... And Firpo climbing. Firpo now is above a few a few key names here. Wilf Nonto, Luke Ayling, Liam Cooper, Jaden Anthony. So yeah, he's, he's climbing. So he's on a, he's on an average now of, where is he, 6.05. So he's gone back above the six, he's crossed the six Rubicon. So he could, uh, is he going to yet make a late challenge? If he, can, if he can stay fit, we'll see. Um, 
Let's do the Katana Barad Hero of the Week award now, then having fed all that into our mental supercomputers and um, nominate somebody each, please, here in the courtroom at the legal hockey. I'm going to go for Joe Rodon. Right. Because it was a week where we've not played particularly well or beautifully across the two games, and we've won them both, and I don't think you win games like this without someone who's a bit of a grizzled bastard, and that's what Rodon has been, while also being good at football and quick, which are not two things you associate with Grizzle Championship Bastards, but he's somehow encompassing all of these things and just dragging us over the line in tough games. Yeah, I wrote for the blog after the Preston game how, how nice it was to hear that the Leeds players were feeling exactly the same as the fans, where they were just like, fuck these, these are doing our heads in, let's get stuck in and win them, beat them, because that would be much more enjoyable. And Rodon was saying like, it was when Ledson got booked, wasn't he? He was like, yeah, I got stuck in swim because that just was a crap tackle and I'm not having it. Mm. But yeah, good. That's what I want. Yeah, it humanises them in a, a way. vigilante. Yeah, yeah a really, really, totally relatable. But that's, human, yeah. that's exactly what we were saying after the Preston away game. We were like, if they kick you, kick him back. Like mm. that Miller guy, just kick him. And Rodon seems to get the message. I don't think I can say the word vigilante without going back to when <laughs> Ken Bates once referred to village antis. Yeah. Which was good. Yeah, strong nomination. Do you want to issue a rebuttal there, Rob? It's got to be fair part, isn't it? This is this feels like his time. He has hopefully not reaching the peak of his uh, cycle, but um, just been dead good for a few weeks now, setting up loads of goals. I was saying on the match ball that I've sort of went into the season hearing people say, "Oh, he'll be good going forward in the championship," and been like, "Is he actually that good going forward, or is he just bad defensively?" But I thought set up a few goals in the last few games. And well, then Daniel, last night, I said Daniel is saying four assists in three games. Is that right? I don't know. Something like that. I'll trust him. Yeah. But also last night defensively, just really good. And it's the, it was the, because it was the other day, was it after Cardiff when we'd won quite comfortably and Furpo had played well, where John Newson was saying, what an absolutely abject defender he is. But last night, it looked pretty safe and got stuck in. It was good to see. And it's nice to see Junior Furpo happy. Yeah. He, well, he said, didn't he? It's the happiest he's been yeah. ever. Did he say? Is that what he said yesterday? The happiest he's been at Leeds. He said, beating Preston is loads better than when his kids were born. Well, speaking <laughs> of his, speaking uh, of his kids, uh, Furpo's daughter is mentioned by Sarah wants to uh, well this is this has fallen into the doff of the cap territory or do we want to issue a formal commendation to Junior Furpo's daughter I presume says Sarah in brackets uh, from Sunday for stylishly adding a 2-2 to go with her Leeds top nice do you ever want a 2-2 no don't think so I don't think I have no I legs for it no very short legs <laughs> yeah look all compacted are you telling me you're not a ballerina despite your multifaceted multi-talented personality you can't be a ballerina I, I'm unconventional obviously I've got the moves and the agility and whatnot, but the just the outfits. I don't find the shoes comfortable. So right. say, can you get a wide fit on? There? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Uh, can you wear? Can I wear trail runners on stage, <laughs> please? Yeah, fur pose. It's tough, isn't it? That one. I mean, if it, it has been pointed out by crueler people than I, like uh, Chris, saying that the, ch- the chances of him being able to win this again are slim. So do the right <laughs> thing now. It is probably his time in a way. But then, I don't know, Rodon's just been good all season and he's been particularly good the past couple of games. Yeah, I mean, Little Scum Bastard is getting a number of nominations as well, I think by volume. Oh, LS- limp- limping off injured. LSB, has, uh, yeah, he ducked out after half a game, didn't he, on Wednesday? So does that rule him out? Um, For his, his poorly adductors? And, and are, we, are we taking that as an excuse? I suppose it is. So get the, adu- get the adductors out. Mm. Yeah, Jess says, uh, I'm absolutely certain he was making racing car noises as he burned down the wing today. <laughs> He's like the best player on the pitch. That's that's post-Preston. Tough, tough, tough. I see arguments for, for all of them, really. 
Where do I lean? I lean towards Rodon. And we're completely ignoring, you know, all the other players who've played well. Bamford, Gray, Gruev. Georgie as well, just being good Georgie, fun. Yeah. Good fun. Nice shout for Piro and his penalty. And I did particularly love just how smug his smile was <laughs> as he ran off, especially given their daft keeper. It was like screaming at him, trying to put him off and mm-hmm. just sent him the wrong way and just smirked. It was beautiful. We didn't single out their keeper for criticism actually, did we? In the, the villains. Should have done. Mm. But yeah. Being such a time-wasting bastard. I think when he eventually did get booked, it's when the ball had been out of play for ages. I think someone had been down injured and the ref turned around and he was still having a drink. And I think the ref was like, come on, mate, fucking hell. Yeah. Absolutely taking the piss now. There's, the ball had been in play for two minutes and you still, you've just now decided you're going to pick up a bottle of water. But you don't want him to get dehydrated, do you? Actually, I do. Fair enough. <laughs> just keel over. <laughs> right. Uh, oh, um, yeah, I'm leaning towards Rodon. For me, it's got to be Rodon. I think he's he's the anchor of all this, isn't he? It's more positive to not give it to Furpo because we're backing him to continue this form. He, yeah, can get, he, he can hasn't get, peaked, has he? He can get even better. There's nothing I'd have really changed out of Rodon's last two performances. Furpo's still got that step. Yeah. When this transfer window closes and we aren't signed a left back and Furpo immediately gets injured, you're going to be regretting this. Furpo's the doctors. <laughs> All of I'm telling you, we don't need him. Detonated. Are we Are we rolling with that? We're Rodon? I feel like that. He's dead good. Yeah. Hero of the week then, Joe Rodon. I think we should keep him. Yeah, I'm coming around to the idea. Should probably buy him in summer. Not now though. Save the money. Save the money and break him when he still plays for Spurs. <laughs> and just in case his doctors fail, off you go. <laughs> Sorry, Spurs. Love you, Joe. We love you really. <laughs> right, that wraps up the uh, the weekly roundup. We've got Phil to come on Friday as well. So look out for that. We're going to preview FA Cup. It's an FA Cup. It's game. A what? Sorry, an FA Cup. A fourth round home tie in the FA Cup. It was playing. I'm going to say we have to finish the social. You have to explain how this works yeah, yeah. because it's, it's a yeah home game. It's in, good. In the cup. And whoever wins it, that's it. There's a there's another game afterwards. Apparently so, but we'll have to wait and see. Did you know about this? We'll see you soon. The Square Ball Podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.